Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Champing at the bit, babe. Yeah, listen, no screwing around. Yep. I got a stacked, 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 blow your mind show today. I like stacked. Yeah. Yes, double stack, triple stack, like one of those uh, triple stack burgers yeah. you sell at Wendy's. I used to eat two of those bad boys. By the way, big shout out to my daughter. Sorry, I know I said get right to it, but my daughter, Amelia, my youngest, who had her three front teeth pulled today <laughs> and did it with no problems at all. Love you, kid. You're the best. All right. She's got some nerve on him. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. 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 The letter I. Why does iTarget matter? Because anybody can purchase a firearm. The question is, can you fire it accurately? God forbid you're involved in a self-defense scenario, if you're a police officer, if you're in the military, if you're a hunter, if you're a sportsman, or if you're a first-time firearm owner, you have to, have to fire, uh, use a firearm proficiently. God forbid you're in a situation where you actually have to use it, especially in self-defense. The R-Target system will take your proficiency to the next level, no question about it. How does it work? Well... Most people who are familiar with firearms, they dry fire. What is dry firing? It's when you safely unload your weapon, you open that cylinder or you rack the slide to the rear, check it, check it twice, check it three times, make sure that is a safely unloaded weapon. And then what they'll do is they'll rack the slide or close the cylinder and they will practice pulling the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon. Of course, pointed always in a safe direction. Enables you to practice your trigger pull, your sight alignment. The iTarget system, here's what they'll do. They will send you a laser round that you will drop in that safely unloaded weapon. That laser round will emit a laser. Now you can see where that round would have gone. You don't have to guess. This is the best system on the market to take your proficiency with the firearm to the next level. The website, the letter I, targetpro.com. That's I, targetpro.com. Promo code Dan for an astonishing 10% off. You will not be disappointed in the system. Competitive shooters, competitive shooters, people do this for a living. Dry fire 10 times more than they live fire. Go check it out. iTargetPro.com, promo code Dan. All right. Um, so what do we do? Um, what do we do? Because things are getting hairy out there. I'm getting a lot of emails lately. People are upset. They said, I heard your show yesterday. It seems like everything's falling apart. They're attacking Trump. They're attacking us. They're attacking the culture. They're attacking the schools. They're attacking the university system. They're attacking the, the entertainment community. They're attacking everybody. Shania Twain, the Candace Owens incident with Kanye West. Um, where does it end? Where does it end? Folks, I've got some. I'm going to start with some good news, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of bad news, right. um, because that's what we do on the show. Uh, the good news is this: this is going to get worse before it gets better. Now, why is it going to get worse? Because, folks, things are turning around dramatically in the economy. I have an article in the Washington Examiner today, and I promise today's show: do not miss a second of it, because I'm going to leave you some connections at the end that are going it, to. It's it's it it's going to smoke you big time. The economy is getting much better. There's a piece in the Washington Examiner today, and the gist of it will be in these show notes, is that the Democrats are starting to freak out a little bit, Joe, because they're starting to see what's happening in the economy. Yeah. And they're starting to worry, Joseph, that, well, we've been spending an awful lot of time on a lot of anti-Trump stuff without cultivating a, a refreshing, vibrant, hearty message of our own. Mm -hmm. And if things start to get significantly better, all of a sudden we're going to be left looking like, you know, the people on the outside of this. In other words, well, what were you guys doing but complaining the whole time while the economy was getting better? You get it? You know, you... You could be the guy outside the door, right, the entire time going, don't go to that party inside. That party's for losers, man. It's for losers. And that may work for a little while where there are a few people there. And people outside mm -hmm. may be, oh, well, I was going to go in, but I met some guy outside and he said the party inside was for losers. But then all of a sudden people start showing up. More people go inside. You show up at the door. You run into the naysayer, the Democrats. And they go, don't go inside to that party. The economic party. That party's for losers. But, Joe, you peek inside. You see people dancing, having a good yeah. time, getting their swerve on, doing their thing, yeah. having a few adult sodas, yeah. maybe. And you're like, that party don't look too bad. Freaky deaky. And then what happens? Yeah. <laughs> Joe with his Elvis swerve on. One person ignores the guy at the front door, the naysayer, then another person. Next thing you know, the guy at the front door, he becomes the laughing stock as people inside the party look inside at him, Joe, and start laughing at him going, look at this goofball outside, yeah. complaining while we're all having a good Loser. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Democrats are afraid of. 
They're afraid of more people joining this economic party that's going on. And they will be left on the outside looking like a bunch of whiny complainers by voters. Folks, believe me, this is very real. Read the Washington Examiner piece of the show notes at Bongino.com. Or again, subscribe to my email list on my website. I will send you these articles. I find the best ones each day. This is a good one. Some things that are happening. Again, anybody can say, oh, we're doing good. Great. You know what? <laughs> a lot of shows do that. I'm going to lay out for you what's happening and why you can expect a dramatic response from the Democrats. And I don't mean that in a good way. Don't think for a second they're ready to give up on this collusion thing or their their anti-civil liberties fight. Number one, the appointment of Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, solid conservative. We got that. Mm -hmm. I get it. There's some disagreement on his last decision, but I don't think there's any questioning. He's a pretty strong conservative. The tax reform bill starting to show massive dividends. Uh, we're finally starting to extract trade concessions from the Chinese and others. Again, we can have a back and forth all day about tariffs, but there's no question the Chinese, the Koreans, and even uh, uh, the European Union and certain and countries within it are starting to say to themselves, well, you know, we better start waking up to a more free or more open fair trade policy because this guy's not kidding around. The regulation, the war on the government red tape, depending on the metric you use, Trump has been, listen to me, eliminating 20 pieces of red tape for every one they institute. This is historic. Remember, each piece of government red tape is another way the government can tell you no. Mm-hmm. It is a historic battle against government red tape and bureaucracy. Every time they eliminate a regulation... They eliminate some government bureaucrat, some out-of-touch snob from showing up at your door saying, Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I'm from the government. I'm here to work. I be You have a little pond in your backyard? I think we need to regulate that. <laughs> hey, that's a joke. The hey, buddy thing. <laughs> it's a Clinton thing. Hey, buddy. That guy can't show up at your door anymore because he has no... You can show up at your door all he wants. You can tell him to go pound sand. Because he has no regulation to enforce. Historic. Got us out of this clean power plant rule, this crap rule that was going to put all, significant, shouldn't say all, it's ridiculous, but a significant portion of America's coal miners out of business. The waters of the United States rule, that stupid rule about a stream or a pond in your backyard. Net neutrality, gone. The government sticking its tentacles into the internet. The EPA, Getting rid of sue and settle. What was sue and settle? You know what the EPA used to do? Hmm. EPA under Democrat administrations and some Republican administrations before Trump, who had the cajones to get rid of this with Scott Pruitt. They used to do this thing, Joe, where they'd get together with green groups Mm -hmm. and sue people over environmental impact things. And then say, I'll tell you what, we'll let this go away if you agree to pay this amount. This was called sue and settle. No more. Soft blackmail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're damn right it is. Capital investment up dramatically. Read a piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning about uh, our measures of capital investment into the economy, which are going to have serious downstream effects. In other words, the economy, and now that the capital investment numbers have gone up, the investment in new machinery, the investment in new factories, they're going to make workers more productive who are going to produce more stuff for you. Not only does that benefit you because they're producing more stuff, therefore they can make it cheaper because there's more of it, it also benefits them, which is you, because you're producing more stuff, which makes you what? More valuable to the company, which makes the company more likely to give you a raise because you're more valuable. Economics 101 for liberals. Capital investment up dramatically. Now, because of those things and more, I'm just giving you a synopsis of what's in the examiner piece. Liberals are going to double down. Now, before I get to how I think they're going to double down, I want to give you just some quick pointers on how do we respond and some stuff that's happening. Here's the good news. Folks, people are waking up. The sleeping lion, bear, whatever you want to, whatever dangerous animal you want to use for the analogy has been poked. They're up. The sleeping dragon. We're up. We're awake. The illusion that liberals, I'm not talking about all Democrats, but radical liberals are just a good bunch of misguided people is over. That has lulled Americans to sleep, Joe, yeah. for decades. You and I know you've been in this business a long oh, yeah. time. A lot of people for a long time, you know, I'm a liberal buddy. They're nice guys. They just think different. No, they're not. Nope. 
They are absolutely committed to the destruction of the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, basically any big R rights granted to you by God. All of it. They will attack you on a college campus. They will attack your right to speak. They will attack your right to practice your religion and not bake a cake. They will attack President Trump, President Trump's right to privacy by spying on him with no reason. These are tyrants. People are waking up to that and starting to sense and sniff an existential fight, Joe. They understand this is not simply a ballot box fight. And I uh, please, for the idiots at Media Matters who are listening, because you really are some of... I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I don't mean to sound vitriolic. But these are some of the dumbest morons on the planet. I am not... In, I'm not like you liberal violent goons. I'm talking about our ways of protesting outside, obviously, of violence. Mm-hmm. I... My faith matters to me. So if you take something from that, it's a reflection on your own tendency to violence. You leftist goons. You Antifa guys, Black Lives Matter, pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon. What do we want? Dead cops. Violence is your domain, not ours. But people are waking up to civilized ways, Joe, to say, no more, man. Not today. Yes, they are. You're damn right, brother. Not on my watch. Not today. We're going to dance today. And people are finding new and creative ways to do it. I have an article in the show notes. Please read it. It was about a protest yesterday. It was called the Sex Ed Sit-Out. They organized a protest. They said, you know, it's public schools. This sex ed thing's out of control. Um, You know, what went from like an explanation of simple biology is turned into propaganda. Uh, We're not interested. No, thanks. So this woman, uh, I believe it was in North Carolina, one of the Carolinas, it's in the articles in the show notes today, organized a sit out and said, you know what? We're just not sending our kids to school today. No, thanks. Government by the people, for the people. And when the people don't give it permission to do things, it won't. No, thanks. Not today. Oh, well, we'll suspend your kid. Go ahead. That's okay. We're good. Are you going to suspend us all? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll dance a little bit. We're okay with that. Mm-hmm. You want to suspend everyone? Fine. We'll all sit out. You can suspend the whole class. Good luck. Have fun with that. The sex ed sit out. We see what's happening now with conservative economic power. Companies want to dance with with, uh, conservatives. They want to mess around. You want to tango a little bit? You want to play with us? All right. Ask Target how that worked out for him. (laughs) Read an article yesterday, Joe. The Hollywood box office. Lowest it's been in 25 years. You want to play ball? We can play ball, too. We got the money. Where do you think J-Law and all these other Hollywood uh, folks out there, where do you think they get their money from? Charity? They get their money from you. You're the spigot. And when that spigot dries up, so do they. Want to dance, babe? We can dance. Now, listen, I'm not for the abuse of government power ever. I'm a conservatarian. But through government contracts, you have no entitlement whatsoever to our money. You want to play ball? You know, Citibank, others, you want to, uh, you know what? We're not into this big R rights, protection of self-defense thing, constitution thing anymore. Uh, We're not going to let people uh, buy guns with our credit cards or whatever. You know, Bank of America, Citibank taking these anti-Second Amendment stances. All right. Listen, I'm never for the abuse of government, but you have no entitlement to our tax dollars or government contracts at all. I would strongly suggest you call your legislator and go, hey, any government contracts there? Oh, yeah, there's one for a couple hundred million. There was. No, thanks. Oh, but then that's government. No, no, that's our money. They have no entitlement whatsoever. They don't respect the Constitution. You're out. Goodbye. See ya. Any exercise of rights, you disagree disagree with them, change the Constitution. You don't like the Second Amendment? Fine. I I do. You'll lose. Try to change the Constitution. Until then, any company that engages in ideological discrimination against foundational constitutional rights, no government contracts, no thanks. See ya. You want to dance? Let's dance, buddy. You want to play? Let's play. Thousands of Americans would die. That'll be Bernie's response, of course. If that happens, mm-hmm. count on it. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. <laughs> Massive bureaucratic cutbacks. So, so far we have sex ed sit outs. We have a walk out of our jobs too. We can do whatever. Listen, we can do whatever we want. You want to do a massive sick out one day to protest? Do your thing. 
Conservative economic power. Exercise it. No more Hollywood. You'll dry that thing up so fast. Government contracts. You want to play ball? We can play ball too. You're not entitled to our tax money. There's nothing libertarian about that. Finally, massive, massive bureaucratic cutbacks. Trump wants, you want to play ball with Trump? Trump needs to play back. And I hope the Trump team is listening. You know, cutting regulations and red tape is great because those government bureaucrats would be wasting their time then showing up at your door saying, I think you should do this. Well, why do you think that? Because I think so. Well, do you have a law or a search warrant to back that up? No, I don't. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. Get lost. (laughs) Well, we can double down on that by getting rid of a lot of these folks. Get rid of them. Government has become uh, the cause of our problems. Government is not the south is not to get rid of it. So let's stop pretending this fake premise that government is some benevolent force in our lives. Thank God for our military, our court system. But outside of that, it is time for massive government cutbacks. And Trump needs to see that right now. Now, I, I get it. He's limited. In, you know, the power of the purse is uh, is a legislative power, but he does have the bully pulpit. It is time to start doing what Reagan did with a Democrat Congress, by the way. Trump as a Republican one. And start speaking out vocally about the dangers of this growing bureaucracy. It's not good enough to cut the regulations. Cut the enforcers of the regulations, too. People are waking up, Joe. Yes, they are. People are waking up. They've poked the dragon one too many times. That's the good news. The good news, the economy's turning around. The good news, people are waking up. The better news, people are using their economic power. You want to sit out? Let's sit out. You want to sit this out? Good. What are you going to do? Suspend this all? Government contracts, massive bureaucratic cutbacks. I love it. All of this is happening now. Okay, Dan, what's the downside? The downside here is that the Democrats are panicking. They're panicking. The Mueller probe and the Democrat lawsuit, the DNC lawsuit for where they sued the Trump team for Russian collusion, the one I referred to yesterday, the DNC, this is the dumbest lawsuit in human history, is a sign of panic. How can I tell that? The Mueller team's getting sloppy. Mm. The DNC's getting sloppy. One thing about the Democrats and their co-conspirators that I've noticed, Joe, is that they rarely act collectively in a haphazard or random manner. I said to you yesterday, I mean this, don't ever forget this. One thing about Democrats I, I admire reluctantly, I don't, but I admire, I would be lying to you if I said otherwise, is their ability to act with a hive mind. Mm-hmm. They act like, you know, worker bees, worker ants, you know, they act collectively. Yeah. The Republicans have a hard time doing that. It's 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 a blessing and a curse. We are naturally independent, liberty minded, entrepreneurial thinkers, and it makes it tough for us to subordinate to anyone else's wishes, even when that wishes is oh, even when their wishes are better for the rest of us. I know it. I'm a member of a lot of activist groups and I've seen how hard it's like herding cats. <laughs> I've seen it. I, I, you know the groups I'm talking mm-hmm. about, Joe. Where I'm mm-hmm. in there and it's like, hey, I think we should do this. And it's a good idea. I'm like, ah, oh, not really. I think we should do it this way. Democrats will be like, okay, okay. <laughs> they, 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 that's what they do. They think like the Borg. I don't even watch Star Trek. I keep using that example. Someone told me that once. They think like, like worker bees. We don't think that way. But they do have the ability to act collectively. And they do act in an organized manner. The point I was trying to make is this is disorganized and chaotic. The Mueller invest I have two examples for you. The Mueller investigation is slipping up. They are starting to get desperate and they are starting to make desperation moves, which are absolutely guaranteed to engender a severe backlash. But first, on the lawsuit front, a brilliant point brought up to me by a listener. Kevin, nice job. Sent me an email yesterday and said, damn. This DNC lawsuit will have another, and I thought, gosh, that's a good point. Shame on me for not thinking of this. He said, one of the intended side effects of this is they need to keep this Russian collusion narrative going. Folks, they're all in on it. Do you understand they have gone all in on a fake story? I hope you get that at this point. They don't want to be discredited before the 2018 midterms. I mean, think about it. If you told everyone the entire time, you know, that, that uh, you know, you were a, a brave army veteran, right? And that you had a Medal of Honor and a Bronze Star with a, with a V cluster, whatever it may be. 
and the word gets out that this is all false right before an election you're running in, you're going to be horrified and humiliated. Mm -hmm. The Democrat, now I gave that example because that's an example that resonates with everyone. Nobody likes stolen valor. But nobody likes lying either. The Democrats have been lying about a Russian collusion fairy tale with the Trump team that doesn't exist. They can't have that come out before the election. Mueller was always the smokescreen to keep attention on Trump the whole time to distract from the Democrat shortfalls. But the Democrats political machine was always the messaging apparatus to make sure that the collusion myth stayed alive. Now that it's collapsing because it's been nearly two years and there is still zero evidence of collusion at all. This lawsuit is a genius way to say again, hat tip to Kevin. Hey, um, you know what? We can't talk about this till after the election is pending litigation. Yes. Genius Mm -hmm. point, Kevin. Kevin N. I read that email. I'm like, this guy's good. How did we not think of that, Joe? Right? Yeah. What a great point. Yeah, buy in time, man. The smart buy way. Buy in time, yep. delay the proceedings. Hey, um, the collusion, keep in mind, they know the whole yeah. time this is garbage. But what a great way to go. You know what? We have to refrain from wrapping this up right away, even if the Mueller investigation wraps up, Joe, yeah. because there's still pending litigation. People hear pending litigation. What do they think, Joe? Oh, boy. Trump's in trouble. Right. Great. Great. This is what I love about having my email accessible to the listeners. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much valuable information I've gotten from my uh, I've re- received. Excuse me, from my um, collective body of listeners, as Brennan, the corpus of listeners, as, as Brennan <laughs> loves that word. I'm serious. You guys and ladies are terrific. That is an excellent point. So that's number one. How and keep in mind what I'm referring to. The liberals are desperate to hide the good news, the massive body of good news coming out about the economy, economic growth, productivity, regulation reform, red tape reform. They need to hide this before the election. The only way to do it, because they have no alternative agenda. What are they going to say? We're going to raise your taxes and reinstitute red tape. They know that's not going to work. They need to keep the attention on the, hey, Trump's a really horrible guy. He colluded with the Russians. Fairy tale. So what better way to do it than one end, file a lawsuit and just say, hey, it's still going on. We're pending litigation, even though they know it's crap. The other way to do it is to keep the smoke screen going with the Mueller investigation. Now, before I get to, I want to just uh, handle some business part here, but before I'm going to get to this in a second, how the narrative keeps changing. And this is the most important part of the show. Judge Knapp Napolitano was on Martha McCallum last night. I can't believe, Joe, I, I was searched all morning for this video. I probably should have sent you an email. You made a, you haven't been able to uh, pull it from Grabian. I couldn't find it. Huh. If I can find this video, if some of you out there find Judge Knapp's appearance on Martha McCallum's show last night, please send it to me. He said something last night. How this is not on the front page of every paper in America is unbelievable. If what he said is true, it's going to blow your mind. I'm going to get to that in a second and how that's going to keep the tension on the Mueller probe. It is amazing. All right. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. We love this company. They write their ads themselves. This goes to show you how much I respect this company and uh, the nerve they have. Put this, they don't hide from anything. Filter By. It's spring cleaning time. And like Trump is cleaning out corrupt officials, you can clean up the air you breathe and make your HVAC system great again. <laughs> and folks, don't procrastinate. Otherwise, dust, mold, and pollutants will clog up your HVAC system. It'll become inefficient, and it'll end up costing you a lot of money. That happened to me. I had to replace both systems. Sounds like the federal government. Clean up the system with my friends at FilterBuy. They're America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. That's great. You got a house. You got a small business. You got air filters. This is the company to use. They're with us. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America. Nice job. Filter Buy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. So you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your HVAC system. Here's a nice deal for you. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, and you'll never have to think about air filters again. Works for me. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. By the way, you're becoming a a master tease. 
here uh, you in like the broadcasting. That? We're very good. I, very good. I, I, I'm really not trying to keep you all in suspense. I just, I get passion. You know, you can't fake passion, Joe. And I, right. I think the reason the show does so well, and, you know, we've become this monster show, thanks to you all, by the way, is that this matters to me. I mean, nobody, Joe, you're, you are the sound engineer, but yeah. we can, outside of sending me a few clips, mm-hmm. and I mean this as a compliment, not as a knock. Right. You can attest to the audience, right? That this is all my stuff, right? Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. You don't send me more, Dan. Let's. You know, a lot of producers. You know the yeah. industry, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of producers put a script basically for a show in front of their talent, mm-hmm. and that's what gets read. You've, Not me. Yeah, you've never asked me for anything like that. Never. never. I mean, Joe will send me cuts. He does, and sometimes he has some really good ideas. But the show is Dan. Yeah. I put this together because it matters to me. I get up really early to make sure I get mm-hmm. you the best show out there. So not to pat myself up, but I, it matters. I just want you to know that this is not like a job for me. This is a passion. Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm paid for it is nice, but that's I love what I hey, do. Same here, man, by the way. Thanks, brother. We're a good team. So here's what I hear last night. I'm sitting there. I'm watching Judge Knapp. I'm, I'm grinding. My, wife's, my, my, my wife was grinding coffee. Uh, hat tip to my buddy, Corey. Sent me some coffee. Nice job. Um, we're grinding some coffee, and I'm like, Wait, what? Did he just say that? So I get it. My my control four system broke down, so I got a new system. So I, I'm figuring out on the remote how to rewind it. Naps on with McCallum, the Politano, and he says something that absolutely <laughs> blows my mind. He says that during the Mueller investigation, the Mueller probe, it's you have to understand the distinction. The Mueller special counsel by charter, is authorized to investigate allegations of Russian interference in the election. When they find associated crimes, they refer them out. Now, it's still within the Department of Justice, but it's not within the contained special counsel probe. So the raid on Trump's lawyer, so we're clear, was a referral, again, within the Department of Justice, but not. It's, it was a referral outside of the special counsel to the Southern District of New York. What does that tell you? Walk, let's rewind the tape. If I just told you the special counsel is authorized to investigate allegations of Russian collusion and Trump's attorney's office was raided, which was referred outside of the special counsel, that should tell you by default that it did not involve Russian collusion. It involved something else. Naps on last night. And said that the ju- that um, the federal the agents the government basically the federal agents representing the government when they went in front of the judge Kimball Wood, who was the judge who uh, officiated George Soros's wedding, and who was there at a proceeding involving Trump's lawyer, may get a little complicated, but fi- it'll make it. You don't need to follow all the details to get the end the takeaway from it because the takeaway is going to be a major league bombshell if true. Kimball Woods officiating over a proceeding where Trump's lawyer and his legal team are in front of this federal judge saying, hey, you guys seized information. This is attorney client privilege information. We need it back. Make sense? He's saying, I'm Trump's lawyer. You guys seized information from my office. This is privileged communication between me, Trump's attorney and Trump. I want the information back. Mm -hmm. Make sense, Joe? Mm -hmm. Sure. What comes out next is stunning. Knapp says that the federal government said, uh, hold on here. There's another warrant out there. And in that warrant, we have evidence of the crime fraud exception to attorney client privilege. Knapp then follows up with one of the most astonishing how this is not everywhere. I don't I don't know. I looked for it everywhere. I cannot find the video anywhere. Knapp says there's some evidence there that this crime fraud exception, in other words, the government said to the judge, no, Trump's lawyer doesn't have attorney client privilege because we have evidence that a crime fraud exception to that, in other words, the attorney was involved in a crime, exists based on another warrant. Were they spying on Trump and his lawyer the whole time? Wait. Pregnant pause, but intentional. I want you to digest what Knapp put out there last night. Do you understand what he said? 
that there may have been a pre-existing warrant within the Mueller probe? Was it a wiretap? Was it a Title III? Was it a, what was it? Was it a FISA warrant? I mean, clearly it wasn't a search warrant. Joe, why would we know that? Because if they searched Cohen's office already, he would have known. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You, please put your horse blinders on. I don't care if you have to pause this podcast and rewind mm-hmm. it. I want you to understand the nuclear explosion that went off last night on Martha McCallum's show. If, if someone hunts this video down, I'll put it on tomorrow. I cannot find it anywhere. I went everywhere. Grabian everywhere. Judge Knapp said last night, and keep in mind, this guy has been spot on. Mm-hmm. The GCHQ spying on Trump, the British, he has been spot on. He said last night, a review of the documents and the court transcripts, that in court, the government insinuated that there's already an existing warrant within the Mueller probe that led, led to the search warrant on Trump's lawyer's office. How'd they get that? Has Mueller been listening to Trump the whole time? Oh, there are still people out there. I get it. Oh, no, we shouldn't fire Mueller. Don't worry. It'll all wrap up soon. Yeah. Oh, no. As I've said to you a thousand times, get rid of this guy. Has Bob Mueller been listening to Trump? Do you understand the bombshell that is? It's not. We know it's not a search. Well, if it is, it's not on anyone who's publicly reported it. Folks. Has Mueller been wiretapping conversations between Cohen and Trump? I'm just telling you what was said in court. This isn't conspiratorial nonsense, Joe. In open court, the government has acknowledged that there is a pre-existing warrant that led to the search warrant. Mm -hmm. What kind of warrant was it? Mm. Are you tracking me, brother? Yeah, yeah. How serious this is? Yeah. Now, I said to you a year ago that the collusion fairy tale was going to fall apart, which it has. What did they move to next? They moved seamlessly to an obstruction of justice fairy tale against Trump. The problem is the Comey memos have annihilated that, too. I'm going to tie this into what I just said in a minute about Judge Knapp's bombshell last night. Okay. But follow me. A year ago, I said to you, the Democrats cannot give this up. I opened up the show saying they're panicking now because the economic good news is getting hard to ignore. The party's getting louder inside. The naysayer outside the door. Don't go into that stupid party. Starting to look like a real idiot. The Democrats are the economic idiots outside the door. That economy sucks in there. Real people, it really looks pretty good to me. Starting to turn around. They're panicking. They know the public polls aren't great now, but they know that's going to flip in a heartbeat once these investment numbers start to kick in and flow through the economy. They have nothing else. What are they going to do? Run on, we're going to hike your taxes. They need Trump to go down hard. They've promised their donors. They've promised the kooky liberal base. They've promised the nuts in academia. They've promised them they had this collusion thing the whole time. They don't. So then they moved on seamlessly to obstruction. Oh, he obstructed justice in the collusion investigation. The Comey memos destroy that. Why? Because Comey makes clear in the memos that Trump asked him to investigate if there was any suspicious side deals on his own team. Ladies and gentlemen, how in Hades are you (laughs) going to walk in court to make a case against Donald Trump obstructing an investigation into Russian collusion with the FBI director's own memos saying Trump asked him to investigate possible collusion on his own team. How are you going to do that? Trump was clear. Clear as day in those memos, Joe. Mm-hmm. That if yeah. there was suspicious dealings with members of his team that he didn't know about it, he wanted to investigate it. They have Nothing. So what's next? Oh, we're just going to give up now and go back to regular normal campaigning. Oh, no, 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 no. These are police state tyrants. They are not going to give up one bit. What are they going to move to now? 
They're going to move to business dealings. Now it's going to be, it's all about shady business dealings. Now, someone sent me an email yesterday. Why is this? I don't get it, Dan. Why is a spying operation in the special counsel so dangerous? Folks, you, I've said this over and over. I can't, you please write this down. Because the very essence of a constitutional republic is due process. Yeah. We do not issue general warrants and we do not investigate people. In other words, we do not issue a warrant against Joe Armacost. Right. For what? Anything. He has a search warrant for Joe Armacost. If, you ever, if, if you're a federal agent or a police officer, when you go to get a search warrant in front of a judge mm-hmm. to search Joe's house, mm-hmm. you have to describe the house, what you're looking for, and the probable cause that leads you to believe that that evidence is there. We do not issue general warrants. In other words, dear Judge uh, Joey Bag of Donuts, uh, can I get a warrant to search Joe's house for what? I don't know, for something? We don't do that. We also do not investigate people. We investigate crimes right. that can lead to investigate. Do obviously people commit crimes, but we investigate crimes and find people. We don't investigate people and find crimes. Think about what that would mean. Any president could tell the FBI, "I want you to investigate uh, Joe Biden over what? I don't know something. Just find something. You will. You'll find something on everyone. Sure." But we don't do that because that is a violation of due process. That is a violation of the very essence of liberty that you will not be targeted by the government. That is why this Trump thing is so dangerous. They are targeting him. How do I know that? Because the premise they use, in other words, Joe, here's the crime. We're not investigating Trump. We're investigating a crime, Mm -hmm. collusion. It didn't happen. It never happened. So now you would think in a normal functioning constitutional republic, if there were serious allegations of a crime of collusion, they weren't proven, the investigation would go away. But that's not what happened. It moved to obstruction. And then when that went away with the Comey memos, where did it move to next? Now it's real estate deals. Why is that important? It's important because this is stage three and stage three was the Cohen rate. Now it will be dependent on what they have. Have they been listening to Trump? It will be real estate deals. It'll be business deals. It will never, ever stop. Now do you see, and that part I knew way in advance, do you now understand why it is so critical that this investigation end and end quickly? Mueller must be, he will not stop. These people insisting that, oh, it's about to wrap up. This is all a ruse. I don't trust Rosenstein. I don't trust Mueller. It's a ruse. It is a sucker play, getting you all to sit back and be lulled into complacency. Just like I said when I started the show, how liberals for decades have lulled us into a sense of complacency that this was a political fight when the entire time it was an existential fight for the very existence of liberty, principles, big R rights, and the Constitution. Constitutional Republic. They have lulled you into thinking this was a fight in the election booth when it really is a fight for the culture. It is a fight for the economy. It is a fight for everything. They are doing the same thing with Mueller. They whipped out the same old game plan. Now, for those of you who think I'm making this up, again, This game plan has been tried and true. It's practiced. Remember with gay marriage? Oh, we're really just fighting for equality. We're not worried about, you know, anything else. Then it became men in the women's room, women in the men's room. It will then it became bankrupting a baker who doesn't want to bake a cake. They lull you into a sense of complacency everywhere. The political war, the culture war, the economic war. This is what they do. They are doing the same thing now with Mueller. Wake up to this. I am begging. I'm not talking to the listeners, but to some of the politicos listening. I know who you are. Wake up to this. Oh, it's all good, Joe. The Mueller thing's going to wrap up soon. There is no evidence of that at all. What Judge Knapp said last night, that there was a warrant on Cohen that may have involved listening to the Trump team. The guy's the sitting president of the United States is... I, I can't, I really, I can't believe I can't find a video. We have to respond. Fire this guy. Fire this guy now. My gosh. 
All right, I got a, I missed something yesterday in the show, and I want to make sure I cover it today because it is, uh, again, mind-blowing, and I got so caught up, I, I forgot kind of the coup de grace, so I want to make sure I get to that today. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Freedom Project Academy. Speaking about fighting back against the institutional educational takeover, America's schools are nothing like we remember growing up. We grew up in safety, and learning was more important than safe spaces and propaganda. And even though technology continues to offer new opportunities for learning, I think we can all agree that traditional moral values that were once woven into the fabric of the classroom have practically disappeared. That's why you need to consider Freedom Project Academy's fully accredited Judeo-Christian, proud to say that, classical online school for kindergarten through high school. We're talking about an incredible interactive education where students attend live classes, folks, every day with teachers and fellow classmates from across the country. Freedom Project Academy doesn't accept a penny of government funding, which allows them to stay committed to teaching students how to think, not what to think. By the way, thanks to the listener who donated some money to them. Dave sent me an email. the other. That was very nice of you. Families, you can enroll your students full time or you can start with a single class. It's entirely up to you. Go to freedomforschool.com and request your free information packet today from Freedom Project Academy. Enrollment ends in July, but classes are filling up fast. That's freedom4for.school.com, freedom4school.com. And don't forget to tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you, freedom4school.com. We love these guys, and thanks to Dave for the email. Folks, yesterday's bombshell uh, about the Devin Nunes interview, and I, I I can't readdress the entire thing. Um, I strongly encourage yesterday's show did bonkers. You see oh, that yeah, show? We big did numbers. Killer numbers for a Monday. Uh, yesterday's show blew people's mind. Uh, the core of it was that Devin Nunes, the congressman who's been overseeing this investigation into the spying, the illicit spying operation on Trump, revealed on Maria Bartiromo's show on Fox during the weekend, and we have the sound in yesterday's show, that the FBI had been spying on the Trump team with no official intelligence at all that was mind-blowing mind-blowing now we know they've seen the formal ec the document the fbi used to start the investigation of the trump and there is no official intelligence now what i failed to wrap up for you yesterday because i was so invited i wanted to get some extra stories out was that he is very cryptic about the use joe of unofficial channels for intelligence. So just to be clear, Mm -hmm. because this is going to be important how I wrap this up. The formal channels for exchange of information, as I covered yesterday, if there's like a threat of a terror threat between our friendly countries, the UK, Canada, New Zealand, and us, there's a pre-established channel. It's really easy. It'd be the equivalent of like, yeah, I mean, we're simplifying it, but dropping a post-it note to your, you know, there's an office for Canada, I don't, I don't want to say too much, but let's just say in certain facilities, I was like the Canada office, the U.S. office, the Australia office. And one guy from the Canada office goes, hey, we got something in Canada, walks it over to the U.S. office. These are friendlies. We trust them. Yeah. We They're even some office space commingling in some respects. We don't have that relationship, obviously, with Iran and other countries for obvious reasons. We have a very close relationship with these five, with the with the five eyes countries, Canada, UK, New Zealand, US, um, Australia, us. We, there's a close relationship there. There are formal channels. Those formal channels are how intelligence investigations for record keeping purposes, for standardization of exchange of information, there are very specific ways that information is handled. There are also, Joe, informal channels of information. Now, informal channels of information doesn't necessarily mean something nefarious. I mean, there are diplomats all the time and intelligence people, I'm sure, who run into their counterparts. I'll give you an example. When I was in the Secret Service Mm -hmm. and we were working an overseas op, um, it wasn't uncommon for someone working at the CIA to say, hey, you know what? If you guys come across this guy and your name checks, be cautious. This guy has some connections we're a little wary of. Um, it Was it a formal exchange? No. I mean, it didn't go. Th- right. You know, it just was like it, we would keep an eye out. We'd asterisk the name. Um, and, and that's it. Now. That's a pretty low key thing, Joe, right? Yeah, it's like a casual heads up. Yeah. Casual heads. Exactly. Well said. So, Joe, let me ask you a question. All right. Given the obvious discrepancies between those two procedures, right? A formal channel. Okay. 
where we have official dealings, established procedures for dealing with these far five eyes countries and an informal channel, like I just described to you in the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Hey, give a look out to this guy. Do you think a spying operation mm-hmm. against a presidential candidate and soon to be president would be better suited towards formal established intelligence channels where people can check the information and vet it mm-hmm. or just a casual, let's have a meeting at a Starbucks and start an investigation against Donald Trump. Which one do you I think would have better? to say the formal lines, Dan. Yes, Joseph, you would be right. Bingo. Hey. Bingo. We love that. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. One of these it. days. <laughs> Me and Joe have kind of a thing going on here. Now, yesterday's show is important because Nunes says there was no formal Five Eyes information in the document that started the investigation against Trump. Why is that important? Because now it explains what I've been telling you the whole time. It explains Susan Rice and her unmasking. Now you may say, well, Dan, Susan Rice, of course, is part of a formal channel. She was the national security advisor. Don't get tripped up here. Andy McCarthy did a piece on this a long time ago. Susan Rice was a political appointee. Don't let the title confuse you. Yes, she was the national security advisor, but she was a political appointee. She is not an intelligence official. She is not a law enforcement official. She does not work for the CIA. She has no law enforcement powers whatsoever. Susan Rice was a political appointee. Now, Joe, her email when she left office, Mm -hmm. where she covers her own butt, she sent herself an email. You remember this, folks? Yes, yes, yes. The minute Trump is inaugurated, Susan Rice, Obama's national security advisor, who was involved in massive numbers of unmasking, In other words, spying on Trump team people by unmasking their name. Hey, let me see their name without a warrant. Now it explains that email where she says in the email, hey, I had this meeting with Barack Obama and Comey and Biden. And by the way, Obama said to do everything by the book. Why? Because they didn't do it by the book. They did it by the informal Starbucks channel. Hey, let's meet Starbucks and spy on Trump. All right. All right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. That's what they did. Does the Susan Rice email make sense now? Trump gets elected. She's got three months uh, during the transition period to figure this out. A little less than three months. How are we going to cover up what we did? We used the Starbucks channel. We basically were patting each other on the back. Hey, here's some information on Trump. Shouldn't that go to official channels? No, we want to hide it. What does Susan Rice do? She sends herself an email leaving office. Literally minutes after Trump is inaugurated, literally saying, hey, uh, I met with Obama in his office. And by the way, he said to do everything by the book. Oh, okay, Case closed. Thanks. Makes sense now. I want to give you some other Hmm. mind bending information. Does the Samantha power involvement in this make sense now? Remember what I'm trying to to, do the premise I'm working on here. These were unofficial channels. These were pats on the back, whispers in the ear. Why, Joe? Why? Because official channels could have been tracked. And they had nothing. They wanted no paper trail on a spying operation on the Trump team. Or as little of a paper trail as they could. Because they had nothing. So everything was done with whispers, Starbucks meetings, pats on the back, calls to your buddy. Susan Rice, intimately involved in spying on Trump people to unmasking requests. She was a bureaucrat. Don't be confused by the title. Samantha Power, the United States ambassador to the UN, a diplomat, no intelligence or law enforcement uh, uh, charter whatsoever for her job. She's a diplomat. She was the ambassador to the UN. Now, does her role in this make sense? Do you remember what her role was? Samantha Power's name was used to unmask, in other words, spy Mm -hmm. on Americans without a warrant. Trump team members, maybe. But Samantha Power, this is the kicker, Joe. Samantha Power says, I didn't authorize that. You didn't. Really? Your name was signed. (laughs) Who did? You see, here's a mental image for you. 
envisioned two parallel tracks. Mm-hmm. An official channel leaving a paperwork trail where we spy on terrorists, criminals, and bad guys. An unofficial channel that leaves no paper trail where we use politicians and bureaucrats, Susan Rice, Samantha Power, to spy on people that leaves no paper trail. Is a parallel tracks. It lets you cover those tracks if you're on the unofficial Starbucks channel. Is this making sense, Joe? Yes, it is. Now. Very clear. I want to read to you some other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. By the way, I have some just unbelievable articles in the show notes. They were a little older, but I have an article from The Guardian today about another back channel that was set up. Again, we're talking about there's an official way to do this. Agency to agency cooperation, memorandums of understanding, formal channels, records of searches, records of warrants. And there's the Starbucks channel. Hey, let's meet in Starbucks and talk about this. So I just told you about the Susan Rice unmasking, the Samantha Power unmasking. Again, bureaucrats not working in official channels to spy on people. I have a Guardian article from the year ago. I've referenced a lot. It's part of the Obamagate files. That is devastating. Here is a quote about the head of the British NSA, the GCHQ, and how he got some information to John Brennan, the CIA director, and notice the language. The British NSA meets with the CIA director. You may say, well, Dan, that sounds like an official channel. Listen up to the language. From the piece. According to one account, GCHQ's then head, Robert Hannigan, Past material in the summer of 2016 to the CIA chief, John Brennan. The material was deemed so sensitive, Joe, it was handled at, quote, director level. Oh, no official channels? So basically a Starbucks meeting between you two guys, right. right? I continue with the quote. After an initially slow start, Brennan used GCHQ information and intelligence from other partners to launch a major interagency investigation. Now, fascinating how this started at the director level, but now we know from yesterday's bombshell that all of this major interagency investigation stuff was not started with any formal info. Why didn't Brennan document this? Why didn't Brennan handle this through formal channels? Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand? Joe, is this making sense what yeah, I'm telling yeah, you? Yeah. That John Brennan, there's a formal way to exchange information between the British NSA and our CIA. But this is a quote from the piece. Mm-hmm. Instead, they deemed it so sensitive. They met at the director level. Where's the record of that? Why can't Devin Nunes find it? What was passed at the, quote, director level? Was this another one of those Starbucks meetings? Yeah, double latte. Double latte while you spy on Trump? Mm -hmm. Now, conveniently, Joseph, what happened to Hannigan? Hannigan, who meets with Brennan at the director level, but Nunes, no one else can seem to find the records of this that started the investigation in the FBI. Maybe an effort to cover tracks. What happened to Hannigan? After the election, the British NSA director for the GCHQ. Here's a quote from another piece. Hannigan's sudden resignation, he informed the staff just hours before making this decision public, prompted speculation that it may be related to British concerns over shared intelligence with the U.S. in the wake of Donald Trump becoming president. That'll be in the show notes today as well. Do you understand that the, the, the nuclear bombs that are going off right now informationally? Mm-hmm. So just to be clear, because mm-hmm. again, I listen to my own show and I understand how this could get confusing at times. Mm-hmm. I'm establishing to you right now that the good news in the economy and everything else are making Democrats desperate. They're slipping up. Mueller's getting sloppy. He may have may have been involved in a warrant on Trump's lawyer to spend buy and listen in on actual conversations with Trump, which will be a constitutional crisis like we've never seen. On the other hand, the Democrats are sloppy with the lawsuit. They know there's going to be discovery. They know the DNC servers will probably be part of that discovery. They know it will become obvious at some point they weren't hacked by the Russians, destroying the entire collusion narrative. But they're desperate. 
They can delay the case. They can say, oh, pending litigation and avoid talking about it till after the election. Sooner or later, they're going to be exposed as frauds. The back channel, all of this was done. What they're covering is the fact that there was no official channel established to avoid a paper trail to spy on the Trump team. The left-leaning media's own reporting at The Guardian and others, their own reporting indicates that the head of the British NSA passed information at the director level to John Brennan, Obama's political hack at the CIA. That information is not part of any official document at the FBI that started this. Where did it go? And then suspiciously, the same guy at the British NSA through director level, i.e. unofficial channels, right? Passed information to Brennan, suspiciously resigns right after Trump is elected in January. Is that not astonishing? Let me make another connection to you, and I suggest you go back to listen to episode 685 if you really want to be embedded in the spy novel. (laughs) There was another guy who was reaching. Remember, I've told you this was a setup and a framing operation the entire time, how Trump's team was framed. The people approaching them were approaching them at the behest of people who hated Donald Trump, Republicans and Democrats alike, and approaching them saying, hey, we got information about the Russians. Bite, bite, bite. Look, Trump's colluding with the Russians. Fascinatingly enough, there was a guy named Stefan Halper. If you listen to episode 685, his background will make sense. Halper had worked before on presidential campaigns. He'd been involved with a number of presidential administrations, Republicans too. Halper approached George Papadopoulos. Remember, the whole FBI, according to the New York Times, the genesis of the whole spying thing is George Papadopoulos, a Trump advisor's meeting with Alexander Downer in a bar in London where Papadopoulos is alleged to have said the Russians have Hillary's emails. Now, Papadopoulos was approached earlier by this guy, Stefan Halper. Halper's father-in-law worked for the CIA. Halper also, this is where, this is crazy. I had to like read this twice. Halper also worked and was associates with Rich Dearlove, Richard Dearlove, who was the former head of the British spy agency. So Halper is trying to approach the Trump team and get information from them through Papadopoulos. Halper has a relationship through marriage to uh, higher-ups in the CIA. Dearlove also is, is associated with Halper. Halper, and they have this tie to Cambridge University, this academic forum at Cambridge University. Right after the election, Halper, who had approached the Trump team, and his buddy, Dearlove, who was the former head of a British spy agency, They're on this forum at Cambridge. They resigned from the forum in December, right after the election. Let me read to you from the Financial Times. A group of intelligence experts, including a former head of MI6, has cut ties with fellow academics at Cambridge University in a varsity spy scare harping back to the heyday of Soviet espionage at the heart of the British establishment. Sir Richard Dearlove, the ex-chief of the Secret Intelligence Service and former master of Pembroke College, Stefan Halper, a senior policy advisor at the White House uh, to Presidents Nixon, Ford and Reagan and Peter Marland, a leading espionage historian, have all resigned as conveners of the Cambridge Intelligence Seminar an academic forum for former practitioners and current research current researchers of western spycraft because of concerns over what they fear could be a kremlin back operation to compromise the group <laughs> what yep keep in mind what we're talking about Yesterday's show, Nunez Nunez establishes that there were no official intelligence documents to back this up. What we've been establishing for almost a year now is, yes, no kidding. Not a knock on Nunez. He's got to be careful. They were unofficial channels because they didn't want to leave a paper trail. 
It's clear Hannigan was involved with something with Brennan based on the left's own reporting. The British were giving him something. The guy leaves, resigns suspiciously right after Trump gets elected, the British NSA chief. Another guy who approaches the Trump team with contacts to the British NSA, excuse me, the British Intelligence Service. He approaches the Trump team, this guy Halper. He has deep contacts with the CIA and British intelligence. All of a sudden resigns with the former head of British intelligence right after the election from a forum because he said, hey, the Russians are involved. Wow, that's awfully convenient. And the same guy, dear love, the former head of the British intelligence service, connected to the guy that's approaching the Trump team and seeking information from Papadopoulos. The same guy is awfully vocal when people start making allegations that the British may have been spying on Trump through unofficial channels. Another quote from The Guardian, Joe. British, Britain's MI6 spy agency played a part in intelligence sharing with the U.S., one source said. MI6 declined to comment. Its former chief, Sir Richard Dearlove, same guy, same guy, described Trump's wiretapping claim on Thursday as simply deeply embarrassing for Trump and the administration. Wow, Dearlove's awfully vocal and upset. What was Dearlove doing with Halper? Why were they approaching the Trump team, Halper? Why did him and Halper suddenly resign from this forum because of Russian influence? They know those Russians. What else were they doing with those Russians? What did those Russians tell them? Let me throw one more thing at you. I didn't even get to this other. I got so much stuff, man. Gosh. Remember the piece in the um, tablet mag? Lee Smith, who's been doing just bonkers work over there. I'm going to wrap up with this because this is going to... Joe, does what I told you just make sense, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I'm simply establishing to you that the reason there's no official intelligence in the document is because it was all done at a Starbucks meeting to cover the paper trail. Unmasking, cover the paper trail, use bureaucrats, Susan Rice, Samantha Power, cover the paper trail, Use, uh, use people who are not formally connected to intelligence. Halper, Cambridge, approach the Trump team. They have connections, but they're not, we can hide that. Pass stuff at the director level between Hannigan and Brennan. Oh, and Hannigan mysteriously resigns. Mm-hmm. All makes sense. Here's another one for you. I went over this a few months ago, and this story, this resurfaced in my brain this morning. I'm thinking, now it makes sense. They needed to avoid the paper trail. Nunez has said there wasn't one. From the tablet mag piece, I'll put in the show notes again today. It's an older one, but a good one. The owner of the Washington Post, Joe, Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. He has a major stake in letting Bob Mueller do, do his work to preserve America's surveillance and spying complex. Remember, Mueller's a smokescreen. Keep the attention on Trump. Pay no attention to these back channels set up to spy on Trump. That's Mueller's job. Keep all the attention on the Trump team. Move from collusion to obstruction to real estate deals to whatever's next to felonious mopery. But keep the attention on Trump. Pay no attention to the spying that went on. Bezos, in 2013, uh, Bezos bought the newspaper, the Washington Post, that broke Watergate for $250 million. Conveniently, Joe, Amazon Web Services landed a $600 million deal with the U.S. intelligence community. According to a 2017 Washington Post story, uh, they created a cloud storage service designed to handle classified information for U.S. spy agencies, including the CIA. The cloud technology was to usher in a new era of cooperation and coordination, allowing agencies to share information and services much more easily. Hmm. Here's where it gets freaky deaky. And now some intelligence and data experts believe that the CIA cloud is how the Obama administration could have minimized its trail after unmasking U.S. persons. Samantha Power unmasking, Susan Rice unmasking. Here's a quote. The NSA database, remember the NSA was being run by Mike Rogers, Mm -hmm. who goes up to Trump Tower after the election and we believe warned Trump about being spied on. I believe Mike Rogers is, is a pretty decent guy in all this. So the NSA database, Joe, being run by a potential white hat, a good guy, with its large and ongoing collection of electronic communications can be accessed through the NSA's cloud, said one former intelligence official. 
Here's the kicker. The NSA can audit it and find out if the analysts are violating the rules. Paper trail. The NSA does not audit the CIA's cloud being run by John Brennan, political hack who met at the director level with the British, which is audited by the CIA's own IT people and Amazon Web Services employees who are given security clearances. Mm. There are people in the CIA, the Office of Director of National Intelligence, and the National Security Council staff, Susan Rice, who can move information from the NSA cloud into the CIA cloud, Joe, where they can mask the paper trail completely. That seems the likeliest scenario to explain how Obama officials first unmasked U.S. persons, i.e. spy on the Trump team, Mm -hmm. and then shared information without leaving a trail that could be audited independently or immediately at every step. Since unmasking by itself is authorized for lawful purposes, it's the processing and sharing, as with Susan Rice's spreadsheets, that tell us if the information was being abused. Folks, do you see what I'm trying to tell you there? This was all unofficial, keep the paper trail quiet stuff. Use bureaucrats, Susan Rice, Samantha Powers. Go at the director level between the British and us, but keep it off official channels. We know that because Nunez said there's no official information. The same guy who meets with John Brennan, CIA hack, resigns from the British GCHQ right after the election. There's some reporting out there that information was moved from the NSA cloud where it could be audited officially by a guy who at a minimum was disturbed by what was going on with the spying operation against Trump, the NSA and Mike Rogers, over to the CIA being run by hack John Brennan, where the where the cloud and the trail of evidence could be masked a bit. You are living through the most explosive U.S. government scandal in our history. I That is not hyperbolic at all. And this is all going to come out soon. Now does it explain the panic? Now, one last thing. I know we're running. This is going to be a long show. Sorry, Joe. But one last thing just to wrap this up. What are we going to do, right? I don't want to leave you with the bad news. Oh, great, Dan. Now you're telling us we're screwed again. There's an in here, folks. I believe Brill Price Step, the number two in counterintel, is cooperating. Why? Let me read you one more thing. This is important. Bill Prystep, who knows all of this, he's the FBI counterintel guy. He's the one, keep in mind, that told Comey to keep this investigation secret. I think they had something on Prystep, and I think he's cooperating. Why? They locked up an FBI agent who pled guilty to leaking classified national defense uh, defense information. This was a press release from last week, Tuesday, April 17, 2018. Who made the announcement? Assistant Director Bill Prystep who's been intimately involved in this entire spying operation on the Trump team, according to Comey's own words. I believe he's cooperating. I also believe Andy McCabe, the number two at the FBI, who is in a world of trouble right now and is looking at a prosecution, I believe the Department of Justice is squeezing him right now. And I believe McCabe is going to wind up cooperating too. And he's going to flesh out how these unofficial Starbucks channels made it into a U.S. FISA court to spy on the Trump team. That's going to be the coup de grace. All right, folks, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.